Why? Welcome to the I Can't Deal With This Podcast, episode 27, numero 27. So, it is, our, we have one of the brothers in arms, but actually, we're going through a little bit of a change on the podcast. Uh, we had Adam, a dear friend, a dear compadre, he, uh, he said that he didn't want to do the podcast anymore. Um, we wish him the best of luck. Um, Absolutely. We, we love him to death, but... The show must go on. Um, right now, we have also a special guest with us, and we might be seeing him very, very soon on a very permanent basis. Um, we have Ben Patton. You might yes, remember sir. him from the uh, the Veterans Day episode, but we might tis me, tis me. Um, but we shall see. We shall see what's going on with him. Um, but. How we doing, guys? We got Gabe. We he's calling in. He's quarantined. He's doing what we're supposed he's to. He's got be doing. his mask on. He's got his gloves on. <laughs> he's got he's social distancing and all that kind of stuff. Hashtag hashtag social distancing. Um, but how you guys doing? Doing good, good man. man. I am chilling. Chilling, chilling like mm-hmm. a villain. Washing my hands. Good, good. That hey, it, it's good to have hygiene. You know. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny when people look at uh like a commercial and they're like they really have to make a commercial about washing your hands and taking a shower and i guess we're just at that point now we're gonna like tell people hey something (laughs) no no you definitely got it because like i'm not gonna lie to you i had a strong conversation with myself yesterday about whether i whether or not i should brush my teeth i'm not i'm not gonna lie to you i'm not gonna lie to you you know the first two things i do when i get out of bed is pee and then brush my teeth i always do that even on the fit even if i wake up on a saturday morning at like seven i'll do that and then i'll come right back into bed yeah man, I, I i do that too y'all hey, y'all better than me first thing i do when i get out of bed is take a shit hey amen <laughs> so, so that dude that's just a fact of me life. too but it, it's been i mean how, how do you guys feel about this whole quarantine stuff as of thursday we're gonna have to pretty much stay in our houses what do you guys feel about that do we, do you feel that we're overreacting or are we in good shape uh, a, a little um i don't think it should go for everyone i think it should go for people that are 50 years and older because i am losing a lot of gym time and i'm losing a lot of money as well because i spent 20 bucks a month on that gym and i like to go to the gym I just can't go to it now. I haven't oh, been there for like a week. So, buddy, you hear that? He he over here, buff guy. He, he thinks <laughs> yeah. it was a part of my routine. So you know, what do you, what do you feel about it, buddy? Do you feel? I mean, you're you're pretty introverted, so this might not be terrible for you. But as yeah, a like, <laughs> as an extrovert, it's killing me. Yeah, it sucks. Dude, I mean, it's like I've been I've mainly just been doing homework, so it's been like horrible. But overall, I mean, it's. It's not too bad. I agree with Ben, but I mean, for me, like, I mean, I don't really, I don't really go out much anyway, so it's not really that bad for me. Dude, it, I tell you what, man, it sucks, dude. I like, I get so stir crazy of like when I'm just chilling and can't do anything. It's like, bro, I'm going to die. Nah, see that <laughs> the years of playing video games for me have really helped me. Because I can sit down and play a video game for a few hours and be content. But after that two-hour mark, maybe three hours, depending how into it I am, that's when I'm like, all right, like right, I'm kind of over it. Are you, do you still play <laughs> Rainbow Siege? Uh, absolutely. That's the, uh, They just had an update, and it's amazing. So, yes. Well, I just got MLB, MLB The Show 20. 
And mm-hmm. I've logged in a good amount of hours. Yeah, on it, but dude, that, I've heard good things about that game. Dude, it, it's solid. It the there's a home like the home run system. It pisses me off, but that's beside the point. Yeah, I've heard that's pretty bad. But guys, I wanted both of you are Panthers fans, and it's a sad day for some of you in Panthers history. Of as of today, Cam is being released from the Carolina Panthers. So, Deuces. so we have two very different Panthers fans. We have one in which is indifferent to put it modestly about Cam's release. And then we got one in which it's devastating. So, Ben, how do you feel about Cam being released? By the he Panthers? was fun to watch in 2015 and after that I got a I I was pretty fond of him for a little while, but I'm I'm over it. Like I'm ready for him to move on. It's kind of, I think it's going to be good for the team. We got PJ Walker coming in. We got Teddy Bridgewater coming in. I think this is a good move. But love Cam and I hope he finds uh, a good NFL team that'll use him to his full potential. Dude, that spoken like a good Panther fan. Now we're on the other side of the spectrum. Gabriel Hoff, what do you feel about uh, Cam being released and all that kind of thing? I I agree with Ben, but for a different reason. Um, so I'm a huge Cam and Panthers fan. So like at the end of the day, I feel like Cam was holding the Panthers back, but like the Panthers organization was also kind of holding Cam back in a way, not because of like his play, but in just like, you know, are we going to roll with you? Are we not? And it was just like a whole mess. So I think this move was good for the both of them. Uh, hopefully Cam finds a, a new home soon. But yeah, I think it was good for both of them. For sure. Although, like, he he kind of took a jab at the Panthers when uh, they uploaded that picture of him when he when the Panthers said uh, – We've talked about releasing Cam or whatever. We're talking to him, and Cam he, no, commented. They, they yeah. said they said something like, "Cam has now been given permission to yeah. seek a trade or something like That's that." That's right. Yeah. And Cam's like, "I didn't seek a trade. Y'all are the one. Like, I want to stay f- playing for the Panthers. Y'all are like tr- twisting my words and all that kind of thing." But I think that it's going to be interesting. I think Cam is still possibly top twelve quarterback. In the NFL, um, I think injuries have sidelined him. But yeah. the last time we seen him healthy, honestly, was that that MVP caliber MVP year. Um, yeah. And so, I want to hear your guys' opinion. Where do you guys think he'll end up? Uh, there's talks of the Chargers. There's talks of even the Bears. Where do you guys well, think? Well, I've so I've heard um, not only the Bears and the Chargers. I think I've heard New England as well. Yeah. But yeah. I don't I don't see Cam in a New England uniform. I, I see him in a Chicago uniform, if I'm being honest. I don't really see him in a Charger uniform. I think if, if Cam – if I had to put Cam in a place, it'd probably be Chicago. All right, buddy. What, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I, for for a while, I was thinking – I wanted him to go to the Redskins just to have, like, that Ron Rivera uh, yeah. um, re – whatever the word is. Uh, yeah, reunion. But I, I can see the Bears too. I mean, I think that was pro- that probably the best fit out of like any of these other teams that you mentioned. Yeah. Besides maybe the Chargers. Yeah, I think 
I think the Chargers, though, personally, like the Chargers don't have a good quarterback right now, but I think the Chargers are dead set. They're, they have the number six pick in the draft. I think that they're dead set on guess, getting Justin Hubert from Oregon out of the draft. Um, he's a good pro-ready arm. I think that he'll do well with the Chargers, um, but it's going to be interesting to see. There's like – the good news is about sports, sports is still canceled, but the good news is is there's still a lot of free agency going on. So oh, I kind of wanted yeah. to hear some of your guys' opinion. Kyle Allen, your backup quarterback, getting traded for the Redskins for a fifth-round pick. Good move, bad move. Do you What do you think? It's a good move for Kyle, and I think yeah. it's a pretty good move for the Panthers as well. Yeah, I, I loved Kyle Allen, but after that game against Green Bay, I just kind of, I don't know. He wasn't. He wasn't anything extravagant. I enjoyed watching him for a little while, but at the end of the season, I kind of got over it, and I think he could benefit from a different team. And if it's the Redskins, then, well, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I think it's good for – I personally think that it's good for Kyle Allen too, but I think that Redskins Mm -hmm. gave a little bit too much up for him of a a fifth-round pick. Like, to me, that's not – that's not great of yeah. like, I think that Kyle Allen's a sixth, seventh round pick worthy, but like, you can't tell me that Calais Campbell who went to the Ravens for a fifth round pick is the same as Kyle Allen, who yeah, yeah. we know yeah. cannot franchise a team. And Calais Campbell still has the possibility of being a pro bowler. So I think that the Redskins overpaid for him or like gave too early of a draft pick for him, but I mm-hmm. think it's a good idea. Yeah. What What do you think? What do you think about it, buddy? Yeah, I think it's good for Kyle Allen. Also, I think he's always going to be a backup quarterback. So I honestly don't see him starting over Dwayne Haskins. But I mean, if Dwayne Haskins goes down or something, I could definitely see him going in there and contributing and um, having some type of impact. So and there, he has no. Um, no pressure, so I mean, it, it's it's a good move for him. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so I also want to hear some of your guys' opinions on uh, some other trades that went on. We talked about the D Hop trade and how the Cardinals gave up uh, David Johnson a twenty twenty second round pick and twenty twenty one fourth round pick for DeAndre Hopkins, which essentially is a bag of chips and a bologna sandwich for the best NFL players <laughs> in the world. Um, but uh, to me, it's one of those things where it's like O'Brien, like what are you like what are you doing like? I don't understand why – if we were talking about – we talked about it on the show last week of if we were talking about two years ago, David Johnson, that might be a different story. But mm-hmm. David Johnson just lost his starting role to, like, Kenyon Drake. And Kenyon Drake's not a top five running back either. So, no. I think that it's weird. Um, Stephon Diggs, he's also – he got traded to the Bills for, I think – a third-round pick, a first-round pick, and a fifth-round pick. Um, and so, good – I think that that's a great pickup for the Bills. I think the Bills were one wide receiver away mm-hmm. from, yeah. from being, being a contender. And then yeah. you – Dude, I'm telling you, like, the dude. Bills the Bills are going to make a, a some run in the next three to four years. I'm telling you. Like, I, it's solely but surely happening, and we're I, seeing it. Yeah, and I think with – and we can talk about this next, but with Tom being out of New England, I don't think anybody has really hope for the Patriots. And so 
the Bills have that division unlocked. The Dolphins aren't going to do well. Um, and I can't, rem- I can't quite remember who's the fourth team in that division. But I, I think that the Bills are going to have that unlocked. And I think this could be the time in which the Bills have a – Eleven yeah. and five, twelve and four season type thing. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Although, um, I was when you said the Patriots earlier, I was thinking of Brian Hoyer. I think got traded he, from the, from the Bra- Colts. Brian Brian Hoyer to to the Patriots. Brian Hoyer I, is like a the, solid backup. You he, you think he is really? No. I think he's. I think that he's like a good backup. Like he can win you four or five games, but I don't think that he's like they he's, need to get somebody he, else. I don't think he's. I don't personally believe yeah. he's like a crunch time kind of guy. Like, oh no, for for sure. Um, but talking about Tom Brady, Tom Brady went to the Buccaneers. What do you guys think about that? Do you guys think that it's a are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now a Super Bowl caliber team? No, it honestly has kind of a, a Rams feeling to it of like. Now, because the Buccaneers are kind of instant contenders, you have these veterans who are going ring chasing and like getting paid $2 million when they're worth $7 million just to try to win a championship. So do you guys think that they'll win a championship? Are they Super Bowl contenders? What do you guys think? Buddy, I'm going to let you go first because, yeah, just go first. Oh, okay. <laughs> Please. Um, no, I, I don't want you to go first. No, I, I mean, they definitely – I think they definitely got better, but I don't think by, like, a lot at all. Um, I don't think – I just can't see Tom Brady having, like, this huge revival season. Um, Also, Tom Brady, like, he – Tom Brady's never had the biggest arm. And, like, I don't know. It's just – I don't know. I think Jameis would have been better for their offense than Tom Brady, honestly, despite the picks. But – yeah, I don't. They're definitely a contender, but I'm. I don't. I just can't see them winning. You know, I don't think they're better than the Saints yeah. in that division. So I, I, I agree, but I think Tom Brady is gonna realize after this season he's gonna be like, "What did I do?" Personally, because I do. I don't think he's gonna have a very good season with the Buccaneers. That's just me. I don't have a. I don't have a very good feeling about Tom Brady being at Tampa Bay. Like I, yeah, I hope he, he go. It goes well. But, like, you know, I, I can't see Tom Brady without a New England jersey on. I can't see Drew Brees without a Saints jersey on. It's, got, it's the kind of that it's that kind of thing. But, like, I just don't think it's going to be a good season for him. Yeah, I, I completely agree with kind of what both you guys are saying. Um, it's going to be interesting to see just because last year the Patriots didn't have that many weapons. Um, they had Julian Edelman, but a batter Julian Edelman. And other than that, their best next best player was <laughs> Philip Dorsett. Yeah. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see now. And now he's going to Seattle. Yeah, and so now it's going to be interesting to see what's going to go on. You have uh, you got uh, Godwin. You have all these people. You have Mike Evans. Um, you have O.J. Howard. All these people in which are going to the Buccaneers and are perennial threats. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of where – they're going but kind of on that same of threats and staying in the nfc south uh todd Gurley got released by the rams and he got picked up by the falcons do you guys think that that's a good trade or not a trade do you guys think that's a good signing do you think they overpaid him they paid him like six million dollars seven million dollars which is literally chump change compared to like the 15 million he was getting while he was with the la rams so what do you guys think about that what do you think bud 
I can't see Todd Gurley like staying healthy for all sixteen games, and I don't know who the Falcons like have as a backup. But I mean, I don't know. Todd Gurley definitely still has some like pumping his step to win them some games, like we saw with the Rams last year. But I mean, at this point, Todd Gurley's like I, I think he's on the downfall. Like that injury is just too like that's just too much. See, I, I what I personally think is I think Todd Gurley has so much potential and th- I think this season is going to be very very important for him because if he yeah. plays his cards correctly on that offense Atlanta's by they may or may not be a force to be reckoned with but that's just me I think Togro is a great running back and I think he's going to benefit a lot from Atlanta yeah you bring up a good point Ben I mean we're talking about a team in which three years ago was a Super Bowl caliber team yeah. that almost won the Super Bowl <laughs> if they didn't blow that lead, yeah. 28-3. Um, but I kind of wanted to get you guys' opinion. Um, so the the 49ers this past year were the number two pick in the draft. And I, I know that it's my team, and I don't want to be sound cocky, but we were eight minutes away from winning a Super Bowl. So what – top 10 pick team do you guys think could be a championship contender or do you think could be a NFC or AFC championship contender? So the top 10 picks are the Bengals, the Redskins, the Lions, the Giants, the Dolphins, the Chargers, the Panthers, the Cardinals, the Jaguars, and then the Browns. Which one do you think out of those 10 are going to be the biggest kind of improvement going to be the, have the highest ceiling for next season? I am I'm stuck between the Redskins and the Bengals. I think if Joe Burrow comes into Cincinnati with a head full of steam that they're gonna I think they're gonna be pretty they're not gonna be two and fourteen. They're gonna be maybe they're gonna win at least seven or eight games with him at least. They're going to I don't I think I'm gonna go ahead and say Bengals, yeah, for sure. Redskins, yes, I think they might make a run, but in the but in the end I don't think the Redskins are gonna are gonna get very far. So I'm gonna say Bengals. What do you think, bud? Uh, I'm gonna go with the Cardinals. Um, I like. I really liked the way Kyler Murray surprised me last year. I thought he was wasn't gonna do as well as he did, but he he surprised me. And um, they just got a top who I think is a top three receiver in the NFL. Oh, one hundred percent. And um, ESPN like the off their offensive offensive efficiency rating last year was thirteen. So, I mean, adding DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, it's only going to go up. And, I mean, their defense is pretty bad. But, I mean, we've seen, like last year, we saw a team that didn't have, you know, a good defense win the Super Bowl. So, I mean, you, I think I, I got the Cardinals, man. I think the Cardinals will surprise a lot of people next year. And not many people, not many people remember, but the Cardinals were the biggest kryptonite to the 49ers. They were one of – they were one of the two losses or three three losses, four losses, something like that. Yeah. They they were one of the three, four losses. They were the first one to break that undefeated streak. Um, and so they were a kryptonite to the 49ers. No. I think that that's a good pick. 
I don't think that the Bengals are going to be – I think that mm-hmm. Joe Burrow needs to be groomed for a year. I think three, four years out, we may be talking about the Bengals being a force to be reckoned with, but just not right now. But I'm going with the Chargers, man. Uh, the, Charger, the Chargers still got all this talent. They have Joey Bosa. They have Keenan Allen. They have Austin Eckler. They have Hunter Henry, which they just resigned. And I think that if they get Justin Hubert – Justin Hubert is a pro-ready quarterback, so he can come in slinging and dinging. Um, and so he might bring them to – I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders, but I think that they can get to a AFC divisional round or something like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, I now I also – and this is going to be the biggest kind of topic of today, but I wanted to hear you guys' opinion on what we consider to be – the GOAT. Um, some people say it's the Tom Brady. Some people say it's people like T- Tiger Woods or Muhammad Ali. Um, and so we have, in in respect to March Madness and the March Madness that none of us uh, got to see, rest in peace, March Madness. But because of March Madness, and we created a bracket, and we want the listeners, you listeners, to vote on who is the GOAT. Um, and so we took three sports and we took the four out of the four of the best from each sport. Um, on the ba- basketball side, we have Michael Jordan, we have LeBron James, we have Magic Johnson, and we have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, on the football side, we have Tom Brady, Lawrence Taylor, Barry Sanders, Jerry Rice. On the baseball side, we have Barry Bonds, Mike Trout. Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron. And then we call this the wild card group. We have this where it's, they don't fit in football or basketball or in baseball, but they were dominant in their sport nonetheless. And we have Tiger Woods, Serena Williams, Wayne Gretzky, and Muhammad Ali. Um, And so I'm going to give you guys kind of the matchups. And I want one of us, me, Buddy, or Ben, is going to give you why we think that they should move on to the next round. Um, the first matchup is going to be Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan versus Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So both of these, Ben, who do you think? Why do you think Michael Jordan should move on? There's Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So I think Michael Jordan will move on because I think Michael Jordan is more of a clutch player than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is. I think, he, well, yes, he, they both have the exact same amount of rings. They both have six. Yes, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the leader in the NBA uh, scoring record with 38,387 points, which is a lot. I still, th- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Michael Jordan. Like, you can't, you can't shake his swagger, in my opinion. Like, he's just one of the cleanest players to ever do it, and I think he's the GOAT when it comes to him versus Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay, now, on the other side of that, on the flip side of that, give me why Kareem should move on to the next round. Kareem should probably move because... He, like I said before, he is the NBA uh, scoring leader, like, of all time. Yeah. He was quite literally a scoring machine. I was watching some of his clips the other day on YouTube. He was an animal. And he was very obvious. He was pretty tall. Got six rings. He played for the Lakers. He played for the Bucks. He's a two-time finals MVP. He has the potential to be a scoring machine. Michael Jordan, yes, he can make players around him better, but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is so tall and so dominant on the inside that he will definitely outscore anybody that is guarding him. I think I think both those are good picks. Um, you got scoring versus length and length versus 
Probably some people call him the basketball goat. I mean, six and zero in the finals, you can't scoff at that. Um, just how dominant Michael Jordan was, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was dominant by in himself, but he played in a different era of. He played in the '60s and '70s, and where not many people were guarding him all that toughly. Um, where you have Michael Jordan, who's going against the bad boys. He's going against Magic and Larry and all them. So I would give it to Michael, but that's for the listeners to decide. Um, the next one we have is we have LeBron versus Magic Johnson. Um, I got LeBron. I think LeBron is the king. I mean, he's the king. He's a four-time MVP. He's a three-time NBA champ. He's won a scoring title. He's in an NBA Rookie of the Year. And his accolades go so much beyond that. Um, he's the third most in points right now, and I think he still has five more years. Um, I think he's only 4,000 points by him, Kareem. I think he could be the first, first ever um, at the end of his career. Uh, he's... He has the most points in uh, postseason history. He's eighth in assists, and he's 49th in rebounds. Now, 49th isn't that shocking, but we're talking about anybody, anybody who's laced up tennis shoes and played in the NBA, he's 49th. Um, and you can't tell me that he that's not impressive. He's 13th in steals. And I think he's captivated the world with his like he's captivated the world with the decision and the I promise school and he, the boys and girls club. And he's been a philanthropist through and through. Um, and I think that that's why my LeBron James should go on to the next round. Buddy, why do you think magic should go on to the next round? I think magic. I think the main reason magic should go on to the next round is just because of what he did in a short amount of time. We know that his career was cut short because of the whole um, HIV thing. But I think his resume at for 13, only having 13 years in the league is very impressive. He was a 12 time all-star out of 13 years, three time MVP. He has five rings and um, he's led the league in assists four times. And he's, I think he's uh fifth all Yeah. He's fifth all time in assists, but I think he could have been at least second if he hadn't gotten if he hadn't gotten his career cut short. And also his rookie year, he stepped in for Kareem, who was the league MVP that year. And he started for Kareem at center and ended up winning the Lakers the championship and finals MVP. So I think that just shows like how much of a leader he was at such a young age, a born leader. So um yeah, just the what he did in the short amount of time, I think that's why he should move on to the next round. Okay. So we move on. We move on along from the basketball division to the baseball division. Kind of my forte, but I want to hear your guys' opinion. Uh, first matchup is Babe Ruth versus Barry Bonds. Babe Ruth, Ben, where do you? Why do you think Babe Ruth should go on to the next round? Oh, I know Babe Ruth is going to go on because you didn't do steroids, and he actually has—he actually <laughs> has a ring. Now Barry Bonds does not have a ring. Yes, Barry Bond is the leader in home runs for the MLB, but solely behind him is Babe Ruth with around 760. Actually, he's in, or actually like he's in third place. Thank you, Hank Well, Aaron anyway, he actually has a championship ring with the Yankees. But uh, I understand he was in a different era. I, I agree, oh, I agree but era. He, was, I know. he was playing without black people. And you talk about Josh Gibson, <laughs> Satchel Paige, some of those Negro League players in which were literally better than Babe Ruth. I think that you can't – I mean – I'm just saying, 
My boy, my boy Barry Bonds, seven MVPs. Seven. He has the most. He has the most home runs ever. And the most steroids in his closet too. Uh, but <laughs> but but you got to think about it in this terms. Everybody did it. Yeah. You're talking about Sammy Sosa got convicted of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rafael Palmero, uh, Mark McGuire, all these guys in which were steroid kings, but they couldn't even hold Barry Bonds' jockstrap. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I see why kind of steroids leaves a dark spot on his reputation, but you can't tell me that he was strictly a batting king when he had two batting titles in which he had the highest average out of anybody. So, um, he, and he had the most, and not only that, but he also had the most walks in Major League Baseball history. And he had eight gold gloves. That means that he was the best fielder at in left field at that time. And no left fielder has ever done that. So, eight-time gold glove winner, seven-time MVP, most home runs, most walks, third best in war, the best since integration happened. The, he had a two-time batting average title. If you took if you took away his steroids and just took him as a pirate, as a pirate, sure. he he won three MVPs with them. I I just don't see I just don't see Barry Bonds. I know that he leaves a darts block, darts does block he have on a ring though. But you can't, well, <laughs> you can't you can't take that away. That's a very. I mean, you got. Does Allen Iverson have a ring? Does nah. Barry Sanders have a ring? I mean, we'll we'll talk about these people Hi, in a little bit, but I mean, you can't you can't hate the player for not getting a ring if they don't. Mike Trout doesn't have a ring, but he's the best player ever, and and I'll talk about that in a second. But <laughs> like, I I just to me rings are some. You got Mike Bibby in which has three rings, and nobody gives a damn about Mike Bibby. Like, <laughs> so I, I just all don't right, see the, right. I just don't see the point in it. Um, but the win. next the next argument we got is it is Mike Trout versus uh, Hank Aaron. So I will leave it to you, Hank Aaron. What do you? Why do you think Hank should go on to the next round? Well, I I think Hank Aaron is one of the most underrated not only baseball but just athletes ever for like any sport um he played he played for milwaukee and like milwaukee just didn't have like the biggest market as like some other teams and same with atlanta when he went over there they had just started they were new to baseball so just the exposure he had wasn't as much as some of these other guys um but i mean hank aaron he's the all-time leader and runs batted in uh, total bases by about like 700 and then extra bases hit and he's tied with Babe Ruth for runs at fourth and then he's second in home runs as well after your boy Barry Bonds but only by like eight or seven yeah it is it is a short margin and I think and, pl- and I oh, and I will give you credit for this I think Hank Aaron for the most part is kind of left off of goat list for baseball and I think that I don't understand it because Hank Aaron is one of the best of all times but I think Mike Trout's better but do you have anything else to add before I go on to Mike Trout one one more thing Hank Aaron has the record for most all-star game selections but the weird thing is like he only played like what 23 seasons or something like that yeah so my man was still making all-star selections despite not even playing I I don't know how I don't know how that <laughs> happens. All right, Mike Trout. So I'm going with Mike Trout. I think that Mike Trout 
is going to be the GOAT. I think that he is the great. I think as of right now, he might not be the greatest baseball player of all time. But if you're looking at sheer potential, what he's on track to do, mm-hmm. he will be the greatest. I mean, right now, he has a two, he's a two-time MVP. Since 2012, since he came into the league, he's averaged 34 home runs, 26 steals, uh, a 310 batting average. He is literally the definition of a five-way player. I mean, we're talking about... Any he has the highest war than anybody else through their age twenty six season. He's number eighty six in war, which means wins above replacement. He's eighty sixth ever, and he's twenty nine years old. I was about to say he looks young. He is. He is. This is his. He's going to enter his tenth year in the majors. He's better. He has a better war than Larry Walker and Derek Jeter, in which I remind you just got into the Hall of Fame. Larry Walker is 87th. Derek Jeter is 91st. If he played, I did a little bit of math, and I'm not a big math guy, but if he played 22 years like Babe Ruth did, Barry Bonds, Willie Mays, any of these guys, he would be second in war behind only Babe Ruth. Mm -hmm. He's been in the top two in MVP since he came in the league. You cannot tell me. That, yeah, that, <laughs> so the only time, so I, I take that back. Seven of his nine years, I, I take that back because the only time he missed is his rookie year, which he batted two twenty, which, but he didn't play that much, and then he finished fourth one time. But Mike Trout, if you look at his potential, you look at his being a five way player. You cannot tell me that he, he is literally one of the best at batting, at home runs, at steals, at fielding. I mean, we're talking about somebody in which does it all. Um, and so, so I'm going Mike Trout. telling us that we need to make a movie in the future about Mike Trout. <laughs> yes. Mike Trout is amazing. Gotcha. How long has he been with the Angels, right? He's, he been, with, he's been with the Angels the whole time. So the his whole time, whole that's what years. I thought. And, yeah. and that's another thing. That's why I don't like this ring comparison of, like, Mike Trout is a two-time MVP, has all these accolades, but he was literally the only person on the Angels. Like, he is the... You could take everybody... You could take everybody away, and they still couldn't compare to, like, <laughs> Mike Trout. And so, it's Hulk. one of those things in which it's like, Mike Trout is by himself. He is on an island. You cannot tell me that he is any less of a player because he's, he's it for that franchise. They don't yeah. have... That now they have Shohei Otani. They had an outdated Albert Pujols, but like they don't have anybody else. Um, and so I think Mike Trout's the best. I think Mike Trout is going to be the goat. Um, if he's not the goat already, but we move on to the football football realm. All right. So the good old gridiron. The first matchup we have the number one seeded Tom Brady. Some people call him the goat versus the number four seed Lawrence Taylor. Ben, start us off with Tom Brady. I hate to admit it, but yes, Tom Brady is the goat. I mean, six rings came back losing from Atlanta, twenty-eight to three. I mean, his stat, everything about him is just like flawless. See, I I feel like he could take any offense and like if we're talking about like five or six years ago, I feel like he could take any offense and make it very efficient they could take a he could take such a bad offense and do that i mean 
it's it's hard to for me it's kind of hard to compare anybody with Tom Brady because he when it comes down my old man calls him the crunch time quarterback because when it comes down to last two minutes fourth quarter like Tom Brady is the guy you want driving that offense yeah and like six six rings like that's honestly all you have to say is six rings that's more than anybody else in NFL history so six yes. Super Bowl rings you can't argue with it but you're gonna try to argue with it aren't you buddy well why do you think Lawrence Taylor should upset the possible goat Tom Brady no I think goat. Tom Brady's the best quarterback but I think Lawrence Taylor's the best football player like just pure football player. okay okay I like it and, um, I mean, Lawrence Taylor just, like, put fear in old offensive tackles. And we're talking about, like, 6'6", six, six, uh, 250 to 300-pound dudes that Lawrence Taylor is putting fear in. Um, Lawrence Taylor, like, his 1986 season was probably the greatest season ever. Like, he had 20 and a half sacks. He was the unanimous MVP, which for a defensive player is just insane. Huge. And... They, the Giants had a 14-2 record, and in their first two playoff games, they only allowed three points and won the Super Bowl. And combined that's, or each? Like, just combined in the first two playoff games. That's wild, actually. And, like, they ended up winning the Super Bowl that year, but that's mainly because Lawrence Taylor, like, he, he changed the way that, you know, football, like, the way defense and offense have to look at football or defense and stuff. And um, one more thing, just, like, there's no stats for, like, intimidation, impact, the lack of confidence, making quarterbacks throw the ball quick, and just knowing where he is at all times. So I think just those intangibles just make him the greatest football player ever. I mean, and also, like, you, you didn't touch on it much, but – he also revolution because of his injury to I think it's like Joe Namath, I, I think the the Redskins quarterback. Um, he revolutionized the left tackle position of why it's the most, it's the highest paid position because of Lawrence Taylor, um, in the blind oh, side yeah. and all that kind of thing. Um, and so I think that both of you have good arguments. It just depends on whether you think that the quarterback's the most important position or you're looking at the best defensive player of all time as long as we don't talk about 40 times because tom brady's 40 time was like a like a five yeah. six <laughs> yes, as long as we're not talking about 40 times although tom brady is, is still the go as much as i hate to admit it still the go yeah 100 so um next matchup we have on the football realm is barry sanders versus jerry rice I think Barry Sanders is the best running back ever. I mean, if you look at – he he's behind Emmitt Smith. He's behind Walter Payton in yards. He's now behind Frank Gore, old-ass Frank Gore. But the problem, <laughs> the problem is, is that all three of those guys have played for at least 14 years. And Barry Sanders – played only 10 years so if you compare him and you say he played 14 years he's gonna be the number one rusher easily I mean he's never rushed for less than 1,100 yards and only once has he rushed under 1,300 yards and the reason why he got under 1,300 yards is because he had a knee injury that sidelined him for five games just imagine that like he still ended up with 1,150-some yards, and he missed five games. 
He's a 10-time Pro Bowler every time he was in the league from his rookie season to his retirement season. He was a Pro Bowler. He's an MVP, which not many running backs can ever say that they did. Um, they, he led the league in rushing five times, five seasons with over 1,500 yards. He's one of three people in which have ever had a 2,000-yard season. He's a two-time Offensive Player of the Year. I mean – you can't tell me that he is not the most, if not the best, the most dominant running back in the NFL, in an NFL history. I mean, he changed the way that people looked at running backs. He he changed it where everybody's like, I want to be Barry Sanders when I grow up. Not, I want to be Walter Pay- Payton. I want to be Emmitt Smith. I want to be Barry Sanders. Um, yeah. And so I'm going with Barry Sanders for the win. Why do you think Jerry Rice is the GOAT? Um, I think Jerry Rice is because I think like for like all the positions in the NFL in NFL history, Jerry Rice is like far ahead of like his peers at his position. Like he's the all time leader in receiving yards. Second is Larry Fitzgerald, but it's like Larry Fitzgerald is not catching up with Jerry Rice. Like he's just so far ahead. And I understand like Jerry Rice played twenty seasons. But, I mean, that's just that just shows, like, his durability and how long he was able to play and to still be effective. And in his – when he was 40, he was still playing in the Super Bowl with the um, Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders. And uh, he, he has three Super Bowl rings. He never underperformed in any of those Super Bowls. He's a 12-time All-Pro, 13-time Pro Bowler, a six-time leader in yards, and – six-time leader in touchdowns and two-time leader in receptions and plus he's the all-time leader in receiving touchdowns and touchdowns for a non-QB so I think the main reason is just how far ahead he is at his position and just how superior he was compared to everybody else yeah but my my biggest downfall with Jerry Rice is he was on I disagree with the fact that you said he was effective for all those years I think that, like, 17, 18, 19, 20, like, those last four years that he played, he wasn't effective. Um, And if anything, a lot of people just gave him the ball because he was Jerry Rice. And the Joe Montana, the Steve Young. And, I mean, you're you're also only as effective as your quarterback. And when you have Steve Young and Joe Montana, arguably the top – two of the top seven quarterbacks of all time – you can't tell me that it's all on Jerry Rice because Joe Montana is that great. Um, and so I think that Jer- Jerry Rice is above his peers, but I think it's a little bit inflated because of his quarterback as well as because of how long he was in the league. But that's just me. So the, la- the last one, the wild card bracket, um, is Tiger. The first matchup is Tiger versus Serena Williams. So Tiger Woods is the second most wealthy athlete of all time. And the first one, I believe, is... Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Really? Yes. Michael Jordan is like... Michael Jordan's total earnings is like $1.1 billion or something like that. And and, uh, Tiger Woods is like $700 million or something like that. He's first in golfing, second off time, blah, 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 blah. But if you want to talk about somebody who was literally... It's an individual sport. 
He doesn't rely on an offensive line or a defensive line or a pitcher or anybody else other than him. He was the most dominant person in that sport. He's the only player to win four golfing championships in a row. He was cheat on his wife. Yeah. Hey, we're, we're looking at on the field, not off the field. Right, right, right. But if we're talking about a P we're talking about a PGA player of the year, 11 times. He's only three major championships behind Jack Nick, uh, Jack Nicholson. Um, and so if you look at it, he's had 15 major championships. Jack Nicholson's had 18. He he's by far the most dominant golfer ever. Um, he's had some kind of ups and downs and he, he had pretty much a decade in which he was pretty much non-existent, but he's also had one of the best, best and biggest comebacks ever. Um, to win the masters in 2019, that's a huge, huge thing. Um, and so I think that it's changed golf. People have been able to watch golf for the first time. If you tell me 20 years ago without Tiger that people would be watching the Masters like at breweries when football's on, then I would have told you you're crazy. But but Tiger Wood, anybody who's – if you look at a PGA tournament and you see Tiger Woods is in that, more than likely – even non-golf fans are going to turn in, tune in just because they want to see Tiger. He's the most dominant. He changed the game of golf. But let's see what you think, Mr. Miss Serena Williams. Well, I, I'm saying Serena Williams because that's – I mean, when you hear Serena Williams, I feel, well, I feel like she's a household name in my opinion. I think pretty much everyone knows who Serena Williams is. She's a very famous tennis player. She has broken numerous records. Seven-time Wimbledon uh, singles champion, six-time U.S. Open singles champion, six-time Australian Open singles champion, three-time French Open singles champion. I mean, she has broken. We get it. She's won a lot of she, championships. She has broke, or has won so <laughs> many championships. Her and her sister have 14 doubles titles together. Yeah. Her and uh, I think her name is Venus Williams. Yeah. I think it's her little sister. They, she is a 23 big sister, pardon me, 23, uh, championship singles championships. I mean, Serena Williams is, is a staple in women's sports. I think she really opened the door for women in general. I think women's basketball was a huge step, but I think Serena Williams gave it that kick that it needed in women's but sports. But also like, and, and I, and I'll give you this, like she changed women's sports, but she also changed the way in which colored women in sports yeah. were seen as like a lot of people up to this point, even gymnasts, tennis players, like the most dominant ones were white female tennis yeah. players. But this is the first time in which you have some really current people like, uh, she, she just won the Wimbledon uh, last year. I can't remember what her name is, but she was she's like 15, 16 years old, a black tennis player, and she takes inspiration from, from Serena, Serena Williams. Williams. And so if you're looking at it, I, I do agree with you, but if you're talking about dominance, you got to go with Tiger. I, no, I, I completely disagree. I mean, yes, golf is a one-man's game, but also ten, tennis is as well. You can also have two – uh, second person on your tennis team, but Serena Williams for the majority of her life has been pretty much by herself. It's been one v one pretty much with whoever she's playing tennis with, and she was also uh, the female athlete of the year in two thousand nine or of the decade. Pardon me, in two thousand nine. So I think Serena Williams is the goat. 
Yeah, I, w- I would say that she's the GOAT for women's athletics. But for athletics. I'm not going with for athletics as a whole. Um, so the last one, the last matchup we have is we have Wayne Gretzky, the great one, versus Muhammad Ali, the greatest. So, buddy, uh, go, give us the Wayne Gretzky argument. Why is Wayne Gretzky the GOAT? Wayne Gretzky, at age nine, was nicknamed the next hockey messiah. Now, at I'm age huge, nine, that's wild, actually. Yeah, I mean, like it. I think hockey is hard. Like hockey isn't really, you know, one of the top known sports in America. That's more Canadian. But I mean, the instincts you need for hockey is like some of the same skills for football, basketball, and soccer. Plus. Hockey is a really rough sport, especially back in the time where Wayne Gretzky played. They referred to it as, like, one the most explosive era in NHL history. But that's not even the why I think he's the GOAT. Why I think he's the GOAT is because he has the all-time record for points with 2,857. And the next closest has 1,921. But that's not even the best part. If you take away the goals that Wayne Gretzky has scored and just count his assists, he would still have the all-time record with points with 1,963, which is 42 more than the next closest person. So just the dominance that he displayed out of everybody else in that sport is just insane. Plus, in the playoffs, he has the most game-winning playoff goals, so that just shows how clutch he was as well. So just the dominance he displayed in that sport over everybody else is more than a, like Michael Jordan in basketball, more than uh, Tom Brady or Lawrence Taylor. No, more than Lawrence Taylor in football. Like just the, his, like his dominance, you know, he's a name. And I mean, Wayne Gretzky is a dope name. So you did not. I was just (laughs) buddy. I was all on board. I was like, that yeah, made, that I man so, made a good point. I was so and into that. And then you said Wayne, Wayne Gretzky's a dope name. <laughs> you sold me. Now I'm not buying. Yeah, now I'm not buying no more. But I, I think that, I mean, he was the great one for hockey, but nobody cares about hockey. And, like, like, I love Wayne Gretzky to death, and I think he is the great one for hockey, but if we're talking about American sports, the American goat, if you're talking about the Canadian goat, we got Wayne Gretzky, no problem. But for American sports, there's no way that he goes above my boy, Muhammad Ali, Um, Muhammad Ali. That's my boy. Um, He is the greatest. I am the greatest. He brought, (laughs) he brought boxing onto the national stage. He made boxing where not many people cared about it, like hockey, but he made it a nas- like a household thing. He was a gold medalist. He's the youngest heavyweight champion. He fought some of the biggest fights ever in boxing. He was Joe Frazier, George Foreman. Some, like, some of these biggest uh, fights of the century, some call them. He won a heavyweight championship three times. He's the only one to do that. He retired, came back, and won the title. My boy is pimping out these streets, dog. He has he has 56 wins, five losses. That is remarkable. I, Unfathomable. I, like, uh, unfathomable. But 
I think that if you're talking about if you're talking about like the best in these wild cards, once again, we're talking about a individual sport. And how do we know that Wayne Gretzky was not boosted by his teammates? Because that's not an individual sport. His goalies have to help. His forwards, his slashers, all these people. I have no idea what I just said, but I think it sounds right. But <laughs> the the big idea is is that Muhammad Ali is the greatest boxer of all time. He brought boxing into the national stage. And so that's why I think he should go on to the next round. Completely off topic. I just got an alert on my phone. Devin Funches is going to the Packers. Okay. I did not. That's just, that kind of sounded interesting to me. That's, that's it. I just got that alert. I just want to let everyone know. Three minutes ago, I got all right. Ain't nobody give a damn about Devin Funches. <laughs> okay. See. Going to the Packers. But, so, that is our, that's our bracket of who's the GOAT. We have Michael Jordan versus Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. We have LeBron James versus Magic Johnson. We have Tom Brady versus Lawrence Taylor, Barry Sanders versus Jerry Rice. We have Barry Bonds versus Babe Ruth, Mike Trout versus Hank Aaron. Then we have Tiger Woods versus Serena Williams and Wayne Gretzky versus Muhammad Ali. We will, over the next three weeks, figure out who is the GOAT. But on on Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, we are going to have two polls in which if you go to our podcast – our podcast Instagram page at I can't deal with this pod, or maybe I can't deal with this podcast. Can't remember which I one it is. Pod. I think it's pod too. But if you go there and at noon and 4 p.m., you will be able to vote on these two polls, and your voice will be heard as to who is the goat of sports. Go go go! Bye. Bad. I'm already. Dude, you're, I'm so confident. I'm so <laughs> confident that all mine are going to go through. No, I mean, you cannot tell me that LeBron James isn't to go to basketball. You can't tell me that Barry Sanders isn't to go for football. And you can't tell me Mike Trout isn't. Mike Trout and Barry Bonds aren't to go for b- baseball. And the wild card bracket, Tiger's way better than Serena, and Muhammad no, Ali's way better no, than Wayne no, Gretzky. No. I would, anybody with a like like a right mind would pick Serena Williams over Tiger Woods any day of the week. No, no. Any day of the week. Oh, and man. if if Muhammad Ali won the heavyweight three times, that means he must have lost it twice, right? Yeah, but it might have been one of two of three of his five losses that he had in his 56 and 5 <laughs> campaign. This man defended the the belt 25 times. You cannot tell me that that's not impressive. 25 mano y mano. He fought in boxing over 61 times. Literally mano y mano. The guy in front of you is trying to take your head off, and yet he still has the longevity. He still has the endurance to fight 61 matches. Unbelievable. He's the best. Honorable mention real quick, uh, Kobe. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. And uh, for instead of Mike Tyson – uh, honorable mention goes out to um, Khabib Nurmagomedov for because he he is. Did you say instead of Mike Tyson? Yeah, for a fighter like instead of like well, Mike we Tyson, don't have I, Mike Tyson on this I'm list. Say, pardon me, Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Ali. Well, it's, it's just an honorable mention. It's I just want mention. you guys to know, Ben. While I was talking about Muhammad Ali, 
pretended to rip a guy's ear off, not knowing that that's yeah. Mike Tyson, not Muhammad Ali. I'm, I'm new to this podcast still, so y'all bear with me. I think I think Connor's a better like. I would say honorable mention Connor, Connor than Khabib just because Connor's been at it for so long. Well, yeah, he's yeah, he has definitely. Yeah. But guys, it's been real. It's been fun. Check our Instagram. I can't deal with this pod. Uh, our polls are going to be like we said uh, Thursday through Sunday at noon and four p.m. Um, check them out. Go vote. Um, we will be at you next week for the second round of the Goat Tournament. Y'all have a good week. <laughs>